And here we are again with Seth Trilova from this Trufon, who is host of the podcast normally, but he's not because it's not podcast time. Yes. Uh, it has been, I guess, I guess two weeks without a trial date for me, huh? Oh, well, sorry to say that I'm back again. Anyway, um, you should have heard Trilobites from Al, uh, which I posted today, which is Wednesday, and Pete, which I also posted today, was actually dated for Monday, so we'll just call that Monday. Um, <clears throat> as usual, Pete goes off on on craziness as he yawns throughout the entire episode, which is pretty goddamn funny, and then Al uh, beat Godhand and goes to town on Samba de Amigo. So listen to those if you haven't checked those out. Uh, the episode is up. Um, I put that up on Tuesday. Which is earlier than I had. The earliest I've put him up in maybe about like a month and a half. Uh, and if you missed 1:30, that is up as well. That went up on I want to say Thursday. I can't remember because you know it was sometime last week, but later than it should have been. So I apologize for that too. Anyway, so what have I been playing uh, after I sent back Evolute Dragon Ball Evolution during the week? Um, I I was playing. Final Fantasy Legend, which, uh, as some of the more astute listeners of you may know, uh, was actually called Saga in Japan. Actually, I was playing Final Fantasy Legend 2, sorry, so that was Saga 2. Um, it was renamed when it was brought to the States to uh, to crib off the recognition that it would get from the NES release of Final Fantasy. So, uh, not a real Final Fantasy game. Still still an interesting one. Um, I, don't, I don't know, with all those little quirks, <clears throat> how... how much how good of a game it really can be called i mean a lot of this a lot of my experiences a lot of the reason why i play it is because of nostalgia and all the experimentation that you can have with different party members which is cool um you get to pick from humans mutants who can cast spells um robots even and monsters and if you're not familiar with the game monsters can eat meat left behind by others to transform into better or worse ones depending on what kind of meat you eat um, but all the characters also, um, I shouldn't say all, I'm sorry, the human and mutant characters, they they get stronger <clears throat> by what they do. And so if you keep on using an axe, let's say, which is a strength-based weapon, uh, that stat goes up. If you use a whip, which is an agility-based weapon, that stat goes up. So it's basically strength and agility. And if you're a human that casts a lot of magic spells, eventually he, can, he or she can um, improve in that area as well. The humans and mutants start off specializing in combat and uh, magic, respectively. And but each each kind of um, each human and mutant, female, male, um, can can get strength in other areas just as long as you keep on pecking away. So I've been kind of taking this play session as as a grinding like power leveling type of thing. Like I would used to just grind for gold, get the weapons I needed, and then go. F- keep going and fighting bosses but um this time i've been consciously trying to be like all right i'm going to give you know this human every different type of weapon and have him attack with everything possible and and not move on to the next section until his uh, all of his stats are at x and i'm going to give this mutant an agility base one because it's kind of hard to increase a mutant strength so i'm just going to lay off of that but i'm still going to try to do the agility part so i'm like all right i'm going to give this mutant a a uh an agility-based weapon and have them cast a bunch of spells and use the weapon as much as possible. Um, and it doesn't matter that he doesn't do a lot of damage because I'm just power leveling right now and I'm, you know, I don't really care about advancing. So, 
it's not really a let me beat the game playthrough. It's a let me see what I can do that I've never done before. Because I've never really sat there and grinded like this before on this game. So that's why I'm trying it now. Um, I Other than that, I've been trying to get back into my backlog, which includes... Uh, Good old friend, Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Um, take it by itself. Good game. Great game. I mean, all... <clears throat> maybe not all. With the exception of Harmony of Dissonance and Circle of the Moon, I'll say. All of the Castlevania games. Um, the, ca- the the Metroidvania games, if you will. Uh, are good game, Really good games taken on their own. Um, taken in the fact that there have been like five of these games like this it gets a little you start to wonder when they're going to start doing something new and that's why i really liked aria and dawn of sorrow a lot is just the way that they managed the um the i, I guess the um the, the soul system i forgot what it was called but basically i mean you you absorb the attacks of other monsters when you defeat them um if they give up the ghost then you can absorb them and you have their attack <coughs> Excuse me, and I particularly like that better than just the old. Okay, you can equip this sword and that start and, and that such and such. Um, and just Portrait of Ruin just kind of goes back to that and is back to that Symphony of the Night motif. Um, whereas Castlevania Circle of the Moon and um, and Harmony of Dissonance, you know, you got the whip, and that's about it. So it's like, in one sense. It's it's no variety, and in the other sense, it's well, you're doing the same thing you did before, and I want like some kind of different way of attacking people. Um, and I know people say that Order of Ecclesia has a has an interesting combat system, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but uh, I mean, otherwise, yeah, Portrait Rune is a good game. I'm not trying to bash on it. Um, and I do like the two character puzzles. Um, if anybody is still living under a rock and doesn't know what Portrait of Ruin does, uh, you can switch between two characters, and although their abilities in combat vary differently, it's more to solve puzzles like, alright, get this one character to stand on the switch while you go do something else. You know, a little rudimentary stuff like that, but for a Castlevania game, for a Metroidvania game, that is a nice change of pace, so I do like that. Uh, I do appreciate that. Um, I'm about 700% into the game, I would say. And I know 700 doesn't make sense as a percent, but there's a hundred. Each percentage, each hundred percent, counts for each section of the game. And in Portrait of Ruin, you jump into these paintings to visit other areas, and the main castle itself also counts as an area. So each area can be completed up to 100 percent. And so when you add it all together, I believe it ends up being like a thousand percent or something like that. So right now I'm at 700 <clears throat> percent. Uh, and I, although I was frustrated by this at the time, I'm actually glad that there are some sections where you can barely scrape by alive because I find, I find myself dying a little bit more often than I did in most other Castlevanias. Um, Donna Sorrow, not necessarily included. I think I got my ass handed to me in that in certain sections when I wasn't careful, but the other Castlevanias, namely the ones on GBA, yeah, those are kind of like somewhat cakewalks so but um yeah it 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 kind of boils down to this it's another metroidvania with a slightly different system and after i guess after dawn of sorrow it's a little disappointing um i think and and i know a lot of people are going that sitting there going well but wait you know dawn of sorrow was the same system as as aria of sorrow and i i do agree with that but 
it there was something about Aria of Sorrow um, that while it was the best GBA one, it was still kind of like I don't really feel like I'm playing the best that they could have done. And once they came out with Dawn of Sorrow, I'm like, you know what? This is possibly better than Symphony of the Night. Um, Symphony of the Night is not even my favorite Castlevania, but I'm talking about in the scope of Metroidvania games. I am, you know, at the time I was saying this this could be better. As good as or better than Symphony of the Night, and you know, I still kind of have that opinion. I gotta play it again, see if see what I think. I gotta play Symphony again, see what I think. Um, but um, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of wish that they would, you know, take a break and go back to Castlevania Four or even um, Rondo of Blood. Those games were awesome, and you know, I don't know, maybe maybe today's gaming audience doesn't have, you know, won't sit for just linear, you know, levels. But you know, whatever, dude. That, that, those are great games, and you know, with Four being my favorite and Rondo of Blood potentially being my second favorite, depending on how I place that versus Symphony versus uh versus Dawn of Sorrow. I mean, I think I think we're due for that, you know. So. <clears throat> what else have I been playing? I um I don't think I've been playing much else. Uh I did play a little bit of Mad World um a while back, but I don't think I there's anything new that I could talk about. Um I guess I played uh I've been playing rock band I guess again because you know I've got a whole bunch of friends who host tournaments at bars and I was home last week. Uh, I was working from New York, so I had the opportunity to go to, you know, the the thing. And that's also, uh, I actually met Alex Navarro at the most recent um, most recent event, because he, uh, you know, while he's based in Boston, every month or every five or six weeks, he comes down to the um, the event. And now this event is hosted by the guys at uh, RockGamer.com. That's R O C K G A M E R dot com. I got to meet the folks when I went when we went down to Atlantic City. Um, I, I believe I mentioned that in another trial by Way Cool. Um, they're the ones who are responsible for the event and Harmonix, I guess, sponsors every so often. And uh, whenever they sponsor, they send somebody down from the company, and, you, and most of the time it's been Alex. Um, and so it's an open bar from seven to nine for the first two hours of the rock band party, and you know it goes on from seven to eleven. And um, it was good to finally meet him. I mean, you, you, you kind of, and if anybody doesn't remember, he was the reviews editor at GameSpot when I signed on as a freelancer. So it's it's always, you know, kind of weird when you know someone through AIM and through um, email, and in his case, because he was on the Try Games Zenit podcast, episode 47, <clears throat> uh, those, I mean, yeah, you talk to the guy, but you still never really met them in person, and there's always something to be said about being able to see the face, not just on Facebook or anything, but, you know, to shake the person's hand and, you know, introduce yourself. So it was nice meeting him. Um, I didn't bother him too much. Uh, he was with a couple of people, and I didn't want to be one of those guys like, oh my god, you're so how's Harmonix? How's this? How's Boston? Can I get your autograph? No. You know, the, the guy is his own dude. You know, he's with his friends. I was with my friends, and, you know, I just talked to him a little bit about Unplugged, uh, Rock Band Unplugged, and how that was going, and, you know, I bought him a shot. And, uh, and you know, we you know, we had some laughs, and, and uh, we both played Rock Band, and it was cool. Um, but yeah, finally good to meet the guy. Um, but I guess, I guess so, so that does it. Final Fantasy Legend 2, Rock Band, and Portrait of Ruin. I do have FF3, Final Fantasy 3 with me. Uh, I've been carrying it with me because ever since I started playing that, I've been neglecting it after like the first half, and I need to get up on that shit. So uh, I'm trying to look for some, some window of, of air to get into that, so... 
<coughs> which I'll get into that. And now we get into the non-gaming stuff, um, and I'm only going to talk about 24 uh, instead of just going on about basketball as well, because I don't feel like it. So I'm going to talk about 24. And so if you do not watch 24, um, you will turn this off. You will want to turn this off right now. If you haven't turned it off, I'm assuming that you do watch 24, and you have been keep, 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 keeping up with the current season. If you have not been keeping up with the current season, but you do watch 24, you will turn this off right now. Okay, you've been warned twice twice to turn off the the trilobite so if you haven't you will have spoilers come your way and i'm not going to hold back i'm not going to mask anybody's names like i've been trying to last time so if you get spoiled it's your own fault for not listening to my warning all right so we're going to start off with an email from edgy buccaneer in response to my last um response to his email response to my first uh 24th thing so here's what he says and I'm going to read the whole thing first and then go back and, and uh, take it uh, and answer it piece by piece. He says, Hi, Aston. Thanks for commenting on my entry. I do have to pick a point you made, though, how the show treats 20, the 24 hours episode cycle. At first, in the first season, it made sense, but as the show progressed, it got stretched to fit the, to fit the bill. I mean, come on. Every season is an onion. Sorry to take a Shrek reference. Bear with me. Since the first bad guy found is never the big boss, and layers and layers of that are peeled away till the real boss is found. That much investigating happening in the course of a single day is very hard to believe. In real agencies and investigations, things take days, weeks, months to be investigated, and hardly hours most of the time. On the other hand, when you're watching a TV show like 24, your sense of disbelief should have its dial tuned down to single digits. In the season, in this season, the gripe with 20, the 24-hour format is apparent whenever the Mrs. President is talking to someone in the person, regardless if it was her chief of staff or even her daughter, tells her that she's been working on that ever since she took office. Um, hello? She took office the same day the show is taking place, only a few hours ago. How could she have been working on minimizing Starkwood's influence over ever since she took office? The whole bomb on the attacks happened an hour or so after she entered the White House and took command from that creepy-ass vice president from last season. Times like this really makes me feel that the writers sometimes forget that the show happens in hours and not days and months. Let's not forget that there are commercials in between segments, something that strikes me as funny, since when... Since when else is anyone eating, drinking, or going to the bathroom in that show? Yes, even such a badass like Bauer needs a commercial break. What I mean by my comment is that nothing isn't truly in real time. There's always a lag or a space between what happens there. Such in the comments you made about Kim Bauer, yes, she had time to think it through, and yes, we didn't live the years that passed, but bear in mind, we as an audience only witnessed those days that, as, that they chose to film the show. Thinking in a real-world reality where the other 364 days of the year, nothing happens that threaten national security or whatever. While it's easy to understand why we should just accept the fact that they're getting reacquainted, there's this other side of me thinking, wow, it was only just yesterday or six or seven seasons ago that Kim and her friend were kidnapped and not the number of the years that really passed the story. Uh, and he talks about the current episode, which was actually uh, last week's episode, not this week's. Um, so I guess it's kind of irrelevant now, but I'll still read it anyway because for anybody who wants to know his thoughts. As for the current episode itself, I have nothing to come on, to, big to comment on. Hodges accepted his fate as one would in a full-length film that wouldn't take place in an hour rather quickly in the show, me thinks. Sure, we need closure on his onion layer so the other bald guy can move in, and after what years of watching 24, I've gotten used to this closing of layers. Anyone remember what happened to Chloe? Hey, Bill died for nothing if Tony was a bad guy all along. And what the... What the bloody hell happened to Juma's henchman's girlfriend's disabled sister? Things like that would drive anyone nuts if they were all explained. Need an example? Check Star Wars Expanded Universe. Oh, God. Don't go into Star Wars, please. Everything is, expanded, is explained there, and it drives fans nuts. For instance, there are three or four separate entities being attributed to stealing Death Star's plan. Uh, don't get into Star Wars. I don't care. So to respond to the letter first, um, 
there are it's a it's very well thought out it's very well written but i mean there are a lot of things that are kind of not a lot of things but there's some inconsistencies that i must correct you on here um the most obvious thing is the second paragraph um her taking office the same day as the show is taking place uh i believe that is false uh if you go back and you look at redemption which is the 24 movie and then you watch the episode um it should be clear that uh, they take place a, a significant time apart, weeks or months, whatever. It's not the same day. It is not. So that's a correction that needed to be made. Um, I mean, yes, it, it wouldn't have made sense if it took place the same day like that, that she was saying, oh, I've been working on this ever since I took office. And, oh, wait, how is Jack in a suit in court already You know, after so short a time? You're right that those seem out of place, and that's because – it's not in the same day. It just isn't. So that's that's incorrect there. <clears throat> um, so like that shouldn't really ring your dude. What the fuck is going on, Bell? Because it's the situation that they paint is legitimate. I mean, it's not the same day. That's just not how it is. And yeah, that's probably what the commercial breaks are for. You know, people go to the bathroom and eat during that. Although you have seen Jack eat a, a few times on the show. Um, characters have eaten on the show so um i can actually cite jack is eating breakfast in season five episode one uh jack is eating i think something when he is brought back into ctu in season one after he went after everybody thought he went rogue um, president palmer is having a salad sometime in the middle of season two so yeah you know i mean they do that they throw those in there but as i've said when reviewing games um and like just just how you have to think about things is that really important is it really important to stress those things past throwing them in there for reality for reality's sake yeah you've seen people go to the bathroom you've seen um you've seen paula in the bathroom in season two paula is the girl played by the girl who is in roseanne she was in season two and you see michelle coming into the bathroom presumably to do her business to go to the bathroom right but do we need to see them eating every season? Do we need to see them pissing every season? Do we, no, it's not that important. So they shouldn't spend the time to do that if it doesn't have anything to do with the story or if it's more than just a passing reference to someone maybe just eating. You know, it, 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 These are things that really are not – because they're not that important, shouldn't be made a big deal of. Um I'll say it again. It's a parallel to how you know we're supposed to write reviews. You write about what's important. You don't spend ten paragraphs on an improved menu system if you really didn't notice it all that much. Say for a passing, oh, that's kind of cool. You don't sit there and you detail it for ten paragraphs. I used to do that with reviews when I was like seventeen, and it was really stupid. So, same thing with writing a television. You write, you you show what's important, and then you throw in a little bit here and there every once in a while, J just a little bit, just to you know keep that there. So even in this format. Um, Back to the first paragraph. Um, uh, at first, a season that made sense. It never made sense. I mean, with a 24-hour, with something like this, with a high-concept show, you are always going to fall apart at some point. It is unavoidable. That is the nature of having such a high-concept show. Oh, a show has 24 hours in each day. Each episode's an hour. Of course, something is going to happen. In real life, an hour, two hours goes by. Maybe nothing happens to you. You're sitting there working on an Excel sheet. Nothing may happen to you. But this is television. Would we watch if nothing happened to a character?
for two hours and we follow that character. Will you really watch? No. So, I mean, it's it's kind of unrealistic to expect things to always make sense. And, yeah, that's that's a problem. I'm not excusing it. That's a problem that we have to deal with, and that's why sometimes people don't watch the show because they're like, you know what? The format itself causes a problem. But for me, it makes an interesting narrative device, and because, you know – because I have this understanding that, hey, like certain concessions need to be made. I'm not going to accept all of them, but I'm going to accept enough to enjoy the show. That's why I watched the show in the first place. That's fine. Okay, so in season one – first of all, Los Angeles, you can't get anywhere as, as far as I've heard from people who lived in Los Angeles. You can't get anywhere in just 10 to 15 minutes even if you drive. Sometimes the traffic is horrendous. So and cell phone batteries that never die. I mean, what's up with that? So already the only ones that died, the only one that died actually was when uh, Terry stole the phone off of Eli before she killed him. Um, yeah, Jack's phone never ran out. When do you see him charging it? So it never made sense, and it never had to be stretched because again, it never made sense in the first place. Um, and the whole uh, investigating that happens in the course of a single day is very hard to believe. I don't think so. I do not think so. Depending on on what agency you're talking about and what the threat is or whatnot. I mean, if it's a crisis, there's a lot of shit going. I mean, okay, I'm not going to claim to know anything about how 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 the inner workings of any investigation goes, but I mean, just thinking about it logically, just use common sense. If there is a national crisis, which is what the show is based around, they, you notice that they don't film episodes. Uh, they don't film seasons where it's just like a domestic dispute or something, right? They film the episode, they film the seasons for national crises, which lend themselves to um, to to big disasters and stuff like that, or 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 high high pressure situations. When your country is in trouble, you better hope that your government is doing any and everything that it can in in less than 24 hours so no i don't think that's unrealistic just thinking about it that way i mean if it seems unrealistic fair enough but you know unless you know governments and, and agencies are really that inept if there is a crisis going on a ideally there should be that much investigating going on i mean it only makes logical sense just think through it and use common sense i mean that that's no 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 self-respecting defense department, you know, would ever lag in that. Um, I also want to point out something that a friend told me a while ago when, when you know, in high school and we were trying to make uh, RPGs and stuff like that, which never really panned out. And, you know, we were coming up with stories and stuff, and I was like, you know what, I would – one of these days, I just like for a, a role-playing game or some other video game tell the story about something completely mundane. And he made the very good point that, like, well, then it's not really a story worth exploring. The reason why they tell stories about heroes is because those are the ones that end up being, having the most meat. Those are the ones that, you know, are stories that people want to hear. And when I say people want to hear, I don't mean succumbing to the masses. I mean saying that's what grips you and that's that's what has meaning, you know. Maybe mundanity, if that's a real word, has meaning on some other level, but it's like, then why play a game about it when you experience it every day? So whatever the point was, it the story is written about epic things or important things or crises for a reason, and that's because in Tony Four's case, that is what the show is built on. And so, again, back to that point... All the seasons are filmed with important events in mind. All the seasons are filmed with crises in mind. And therefore, with a crisis, you can't just sit there and take weeks to investigate something. If you take weeks to investigate a crisis that, it, that, that could lead to an attack, you fail.
It's as simple as that. Um, so, yes, your sense of disbelief does need to be tuned down, but the points that are made there, I don't, I, I, I just can't agree with. Um, but I'm glad that you know you took the time to write them out, Edu, because like a lot of people are like, no, oh, this show is stupid. It didn't work. It didn't work. So you know, there's that, that, there's that going for this. But um. Last paragraph, there's always a lag space between what happens there, such as comments you made on Kim Bauer. She had time to think it through. Okay, so again, this kind of, you know, okay, let me just read the sentence again. While it's easy to understand why we should just accept the fact that they're getting reacquainted, there's the other side of me thinking it was only just yesterday or six, seven years ago that Kim and her friend were kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's something that each person has to contend with. And I'm going to say that it goes all. it also goes back to the slight suspension of disbelief, like – we have to understand what setting the show is in. This is why TV shows and movies and things like that have title cards that say six months later, 12 months later. If you're watching a movie, okay, and you see uh, a character get into an argument with another character and it seems irreparable, and then like the movie says two years later, dot, 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 and it shifts to that scene, and they, it shows them having reconciled and being like, you know, remember when we got into that fight? And for us, like going by this mentality – then we would have to not believe it. We'd be like, what? Just two minutes ago, they were fighting. And, you know, that's, I mean, if you want to have a movie or a television show that takes years and years and years to watch for a single storyline, then be my guest. But again, it is because it is television. It is because of the media that we're on. We can't sit there and say, okay, well, we're going to draw this whole thing out. And we're going to you know, cater to the person who thinks that this might be happening too quick. No, we know the nature of the show. We know that years have passed, or we have to understand that. And n not understanding that is pretty much then an unwillingness to kind of accept the, med to the, the medium of television as it can dispense a story to us. Um, but in this case, Edu does say he definitely understands it. But there's always the nagging side thinking like, wow, it was only yesterday. And that's – again, that's what I'm saying is a personal thing. Like you have to kind of – like me, I don't have that much of a problem dealing with it because I've been watching the show since season – for five years now. I, I saw seasons one, two, and three in the same year. But I've been watching it for, for the past five, six years. And so it, it's all elongated, you know. Um, and you take uh, you take seven seasons – and I think maybe the mythos has been going on for – I called it mythos. Wow. Maybe it's going on for 10, 12 years. But still, six or seven years is still a long time. So it's – you know I think it's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean again, it's any story that you get where, they, where, where they're going to fast forward or, or cut to a, a different time period, you're going to have to deal with that. And so I don't see why this is any different. Um, and there, there's really no way that this is different actually if you think about it. Like – any and a book, a movie, uh, a, a television show, when a comic book, if they flash ahead a few years, you know, of if you're the type of person who gets bugged by that, you're gonna get bugged by that. If you're not, you're not. So I mean, it's the the I gotta emphasize again that the Kim thing, there really was no problem with the way that they did the timeline thing. It's it's up to the person to accept that this is a television show and not real life. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, but uh, I guess really quick – wow, I'm going on 28 minutes. Um, quick reactions to the last couple of episodes. Mike, the, 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 the most important thing is that they have done a horrendous job of satisfying what most people want to hear about Tony. He's bad. That's it. He's bad. 
what's his motivations? Does it make sense with his character? I know we don't know who he is anymore, and that's the argument I keep making to my friend. But at the same time, it's still really hard to reconcile. He's been doing bad, then he's been doing good for most of the entire season just to manipulate and just to get this one canister, just to do what? You know, they they have to do a better job of of at least at least showing us how his character turned twice or maybe he hadn't turned twice but how why he spent so much effort to be the hero through the middle of the season and then just to turn tail at the end um and i'm not saying that it's implausible i totally believe that yeah sure maybe he has motivations maybe he has a reason uh maybe he was fooling everyone whatever i'm totally open to that and i think it's fine but they have to tell you this is something that they've built up and this is something that they need to close off. It's not like the open-ended ending in um, Season 6 where Jack is just staring off into the ocean. All the plot lines have been finished. Well, most of the plot lines have been finished. Most of the things have been tied up, and like the important things at least. And it's like, and now Jack just doesn't know where to go, so you don't know what happens to him. But that's different than saying, here's this bad guy we introduced. Here's all the shit that he's done. And no, he turned good. And no, he turned bad. And we're not going to tell you why. That is something that, as an audience member, we should not be expected to just accept with without question. I mean, we can accept it, but we also, it, for the benefit of the storytelling, it should be told to us. And I think they've done a piss-poor job, which is really sad, because everything else in all these episodes since Tony has, tur- Tony has turned bad, they have been pretty good, if not very good. You know, they, they all the writing has been mostly decent, the... um. The the sub story the the side stories except for Tony have been pretty good. The scenes have been very good. The one between Jack and Chloe was pretty good, um, very touching, very emotional. It, it everything except for this one thing. So me and my friend have this episode count going because you know it's like uh, how many out of how many were good. And in previous seasons, there were stupid things like the Cougar episode where Kim got attacked by a Cougar or the the Rossler episode from season five where Jack had to pretend to be the computer programmer or, or, or like half the episodes from the beginning of season three. You know, there's stupid episodes like that. In this season, we agree that as okay, – and this is for fans of 24, but me, he and I both think that so far – the, epi- the season has not missed an episode in terms of each episode individually have has been either good to very good to excellent. None of them have been mediocre to bad. Um, but this is kind of the opposite end of um, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. In this in this instance, I would say right now, because they have not yet explained Tony, the sum of its parts are greater than the whole. And I think they really need to... to, to to, to fix that so we'll see what happens but um i mean i'm he he thinks that if they don't explain it it could be series breaking uh i i very vehement vehemently disagree with him on that and we'll just disagree on he and i will just continue to disagree on that which is fine but um i think it takes a lot to break an entire series um them not explaining it is pretty bad but i don't think it's bad enough to break anything so I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that's it from me. I will try to do Portrait of Ruin some more and, and do up some Final Fantasy 3. But until then, listen to the episode. Listen to the previous uh, Trilobites before me if you haven't done so already. Send in some mail to the mailbag, mailbag at trygames.net. And finally, uh, Supersonic is going to lay his judgment on what you think the best pretentious name for a video game is. Uh, our current entries for 
changing the name of video games to something more pretentious is are things like vacation disc and interact uh, uh, artistic interactive electronic arts or something like that. So think above a think above a name for this medium, uh, this medium that we call video games that is pretentious and stinky. Mail the mailbag, and if you you know if you didn't watch 24 and you don't watch 24 and you're not up at this point well then you should know that you're supposed to submit something anyway because you're listening to the other episodes so anyway that's it running out of breath need to go to the gym bye